listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer here with Bart Kaler. Each week, we interview higher ed marketers that we admire for the benefit and hopefully the betterment of the entire higher ed marketing community. Bart, today we get to talk to Hoyan Chung with Remo, and his quest is humanizing the online experience. And I think I can speak for both of us that we are very impressed with how he's trying to humanize higher ed events that are either hybrid or completely online. Yeah, I think it's um, I think we've all experienced in the pandemic, the frustration of, you know, utilizing uh, different, you know, productivity platforms such as Zoom or Teams to try to really um, experience or create experiences for prospective students or alumni. And one of the things I really like about this, it kind of ties into so many other times that we've talked about, whether it was Ethan Butte at BombBomb or whether it's just, you know, some of these other with with uh, platforms like um, Zemi with community, the idea that everybody wants to have community, everybody wants to share an experience, whether it, it's a, you know, an event or whether it's a virtual tour or whether it's a, you know, how do I figure out where to go to college? We all have this desire as humans to share in that. And so I think this is just another tool in that uh, tool belt of how we can leverage uh, this different, these different technology platforms to create those shared experiences. Hoyin does a good job of explaining the benefit to different departments in the higher ed community. And then we also have him demonstrate via video. And it's our intent to have links in the show notes of the platforms that this podcast is distributed through that you can also look at those. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Hoyan Chan. We're looking forward to our conversation about humanizing the online experience with Hoyin Chun, founder and CEO of Remo. Hoyin, if you would, please tell everyone about Remo and the solution it provides and your role at Remo. First off, thanks, guys. Thank you so much, um, Bart and Choi, for having me on. Super excited. Yeah, I'm the founder CEO of Remo. Remo is a online virtual immersive platform. We are the best guest experience um, on the market right now for virtual, very immersive and human-like uh, virtual events. Um, to kind of describe it in a very simple way, imagine you're like using Google Map and you're scrolling into the map, like zooming in. And when you zoom in, you might see a building. And imagine you could zoom in further into that building and see the actual tables in that building. And then you can even see uh, a bunch of circles on it. So it's kind of like an overhead view of the map and you can see a bunch of circles of people's faces. And if you click onto a table, you will see the videos of the people that are sitting in that table. And so what we, what we do is you can move and you can have authentic conversations with different people in this space. And um, that's what we focus on. 
Thank you. And later on in the episode, we're going to have an opportunity to see exactly how this looks as you usually mimic and replicate the schools that you are holding these events for. They look very similar to the real buildings, the real insides of the buildings, and we want to give people examples of that. The reason why we're having you on the podcast is we've had a couple of other podcasts on humanizing, humanizing conflow, humanizing communication. And I know it's Bart's belief that marketing and higher ed can get a little impersonal. So how can we personalize it? And we know that Remo does as much as they can to work within the higher ed space of improving engagement, getting that engagement lift. So let's talk about how Remo can work and how it differentiates differentiates itself from a platform like Zoom. Yeah, so Remo is, um, to kind of put it simply, like we put the movement in the hands of the guests. So the guest is in the driver's seat. They're not a passive guest audience member. They're, uh, they're not just like a passenger in the roller coaster. Like they're controlling the roller coaster itself. So because you do that, um, it's also required for them to turn on their microphone and camera. So once you do that, 92% of the people that go into a remote event turn on their mic and cam. That's number one. And because of that, that leads to 3.2x way more engagement because now you have an active participant. Like there's no scenario where that person can like look at their email while they're doing an event or, you know, they're, they're just doing something else it, it, it doesn't really allow them to do that. Cause you have to respond to the people that are actually talking to you. And also you can actually go and seek out different people. So that's like one aspect of it. The second aspect is that it's a very customized floor plan and the, customized floor plan, which allows a lot of universities to replicate their real university um, buildings and layouts, for example, makes it feel really real. So a lot of some of our universities use um, have digital programs, like a digital online MBAs or just additional courses. So by having the campus, it makes the student feel more like, oh, I'm actually attending something. It's not just some Oh, like a Udemy course or, you know, like, a right. like just some random course online. It's, it, 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 it's not to say that those courses aren't great, but it's just like you pay so much money <laughs> to go to university. You want to feel something a little bit more better experience. So, um, a lot of people use this for a variety of different reasons. Um, a lot of it, what we're really good for is breakout sessions and networking. And that is where we're very, very strong at. That's great. I, I love that idea of being able to kind of, create that, uh, that digital version of the reality. Cause I think that sometimes, I mean, you know, we're not getting into, you know, necessarily talking about metaverse here, but that's, that's really what has been going on with online gaming for 20 years now. I mean, the idea that I'm going to experience, and, and honestly, it's gone on longer than that. It's like, you know, Hey, I remember back in the eighties when I was, you know, pole position in the arcade. I mean, the reason people liked that is it was a, it was a steering wheel, a pedal to on the floor and I could, experience what it was like to race a race car in a very, you know, 8-bit method. But I think that the idea that that's why it was popular is that I could I could experience that and I talk so many times about how prospective college students and or any student has to 
feel like they emotionally can experience something. And so whenever I talk to schools, it's like, you know, when you show your photography, don't show buildings and don't show empty classrooms, show people in it so that people can say, oh, I can see myself there. I can, I can picture myself there. And it sounds to me, that's a lot of what you guys are doing with, with uh, the idea of, of, of humanizing these events. And, and, and just a really quick follow up there. Like, so you talked about games, right? Like typically game designers design games and immersive environments. Like it's like their full-time job. They've dedicated their entire lives to do that. Now we're asking educators to do that, which mm-hmm. they have not, they probably haven't spent any time doing that. And that's quite difficult. It's challenging. And so what Remo offers is, um, you mentioned metaverse, like, you know, you're right. Like people have been developing games for a long time. Metaverse is just a, the new buzzword for that, which, which is great. But um, we offer a very simple solution, something that's more tangible and it's not too gamified. You know, like if you play like Counter-Strike or World of Warcraft, that might be a bit too much for the average person to kind of interact right. with, too game-like. And so we don't want to alienate those people. We want to make this as easy as possible for the masses to adopt. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're basically using the same platforms we're already used to, you know, and, and I, I use the word Zoom generically. So the idea that we are, we're all used to that with the pandemic is that, you know what, we couldn't get face to face with people. We couldn't engage in physical environments. So we started doing, you know, basically the, the, the FaceTime Zoom type of platforms, which is great. It's, I mean, I'm grateful for that, but it does lack the, that idea of an immersive environment. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a Brady Bunch, you know, screen and, and things like that. And so we've got to figure out ways to take it to the next level. And I, and I really like that some of the things that you're talking about here, because I do think that starts to humanize it even more, not necessarily from the fact that, I mean, it's humanization to say, I can see you and I can, you know, you're in Hong Kong right now. I'm in Indianapolis. We're having a conversation. We can see each other's body language to a degree, but yet we're not in a, in a physical space that we're sharing that, but this kind of starts to create that in our minds. And, and I really think that's a pretty exciting thing. If you would, Hoyan, please give us an example application to how this is utilized in higher ed. What departments you typically help and how to increase their engagement? Sure. So um, Remo is very flexible um, and that allows us to fit into the workflows and to the major challenges that university has. So we have a few. One is we our layout can be used as a job fair. So employers can um, don't have to fly in. They come in and they can sit at their table for like an hour and they can get their candidates. The candidates can ask them questions. And so it's situated where like when you when the candidates come to your table, your video is already on and you, you can see them. So it it's almost like you're basically there. Um, a lot of job fairs, uh, virtual job fairs, it's like maybe they'll have the employer logo, but there may not may or may not be somebody there or they just chat. So we mimic that part. So that's one. Um, second is people use us for poster sessions. So I'm sure you guys are familiar, like poster sessions is like, a, it's kind of like a trade expo, but with like, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar to a job fair, if you think about it, where each um, graduate student would sit at a big table, basically. And each table has its own whiteboard. So they put their entire poster on that whiteboard and people will come. And, um, you know, with travel restrictions and also budgets, 
people who want to give a grant or looking for collaborators can then come to those tables and then easily looking for projects, looking for collaboration extremely easily at a very mass basis. Poster Session is another one. Third is um, alumni networking for just networking events, just more of a simpler one. And also for enrollment. So for prospective students who are looking at different universities, they'll come and they don't have to fly. They don't have to... Flying is a pretty big step, but they might want to learn a little bit more without that full cost commitment. And this is a fantastic way. And the best thing is you get to talk to someone. Like you get to talk to alumni, right? And that that makes the sales pitch much more human and much more attractive because now students can make can get a better impression. So the ones that we've worked with for enrollment, they said that their like enrollment numbers have gone higher than they than were before because they were able to put a face to a name. That's great. And I think it goes back to that, just what you said there at the very end, what we've been talking about the entire time is that idea of humanizing it. The idea that I can put a face to a name, I can put a face and and an experience and and an emotion to, you know, what historically might have been a chat or something like that. I've got a lot more, a lot more of my senses are engaged. And I think that's really, really great. Let me ask you just a follow up question on some of these types of events. Do you ever do any kind of hybrid where, you know, there's, there's people coming in, but then there's also people at those real tables or, or, you know, that we described earlier? Yeah, hundred percent. So we do, we do do hybrid. Um, we, we also serve several other segments outside of higher ed. And so we have Mm -hmm. had, um, hybrid events there from our perspective, hybrid events, at least from the customers that we're speaking with, it depends it really depends on how fast the universities are retrofitting their classrooms and their right. their their facilities. It's it's happening right now at a fast pace in corporate. So they're adding, they're up, they're upgrading their equipment in their meeting rooms. But at universities, it's it's, it's still kind of taking some time. I mean, I mean, there's just more, there's just more classrooms. Right, right. It's going to take more time. So it hasn't been as fast. And the second thing is, is that. I think they're all trying to figure out hybrid. They're all trying to figure out how to make it work. And I got to tell you, like hybrid classroom is a really tough problem. Like truly making it hybrid, not just some streamcast, not just some streaming. That that's that's right. not that's just streaming. That's not a hybrid event. A true hybrid event, it's very very difficult. And I think we need a little bit more. I I think there's some people that are doing it, but I think there needs to be more time to kind of see it really mature and make it a really good experience. Yeah, because I, I can I can imagine in my mind, um, you know, we're using the table example earlier. You know, we've got a got a hall. You know, maybe it's even like the idea of a um, a college fair. You know, you've got this hall, you've got all these different places, but but if if all of the 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 admissions counselors had a laptop and they were connected to their microphone and their 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 video, kind of like what you've said. And they're interacting with the people in front of them, but they're also interacting with the people that are on the laptop. That starts to create a little bit of yeah. that sense of I'm there, but no, don't help me understand. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm 100% agreeing with you, I think. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah it's, it's really hard. I mean, and in that situation, what we actually advise is don't do it. Like, don't do that. Like, okay. you're going to be first of all, running an event is already stressful. <laughs> and then <laughs> right. you, you, you got to run a virtual and a physical, like one person, like that's just, uh, I would never do that to anyone. So what we've seen um, is people is run two parallel events. 
and there's two separate teams that do that. Oh, gotcha. And so that that's where hybrid gets a bit tricky because people think hybrid is like, oh, it's one team do two things or it's one budget, same budget, and I can do two things. What's starting to become reality is not, no, that's not. It's you need more budget. You need more people gotcha. if you want to do gotcha. a, like a really well executed hybrid. And a lot of um, medium, small, medium sized companies don't have the budget. They don't do hybrid. So large corps, like people with the budget, like they really, really want to do it really well, then they, then they can do that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, even as I'm starting to kind of think that through just what you said, I mean, let's say that I have a, a preview day where I have, you know, 25 students come on campus to do the campus tour and talk with professors and do some things like that. But if I were to do a second version of that preview day with a different team, with a different set of professors, with a virtual environment, I can create the same experience of doing the campus tour, you know, through, through 3D, through virtual, through all that, having those staged professors virtually available to have those chats, but it's not relying on that same team to figure out how to do it. And I think what, what's happening, what's going to happen is people realizing that they're actually two different audiences, people who mm-hmm. come physically, which maybe uh, live nearby, um, can drive. Mm-hmm. Versus people who are like international students, maybe um, in Canada or on the other coast or people in small towns that don't have the budget, then they can participate. And that amount number of people may be bigger in terms of numbers. Mm -hmm. And for a university to be able to scale that kind of marketing effort, I think is, is may actually, may actually be even um, much more interesting. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Thank you, Hoian. At this time, we're going to ask you to show us exactly what this looks like and what this experience via Remo would be. Sure. So you can see here, this is the um, main hall for the Carlson School of Management at the University of Minnesota. So this is what it actually looks like. And this is the photo. This is, this is an actual photo. And this is what they created virtually. So you can see how there's like these little tables here and you can adjust like the table names. They even got the little ball, <laughs> the same metal ball <laughs> there as well. So that's one. And then here's the second one, which is NSU Florida. This is the, um, again, like the main hall of this building. And this is the virtual version of it. So they've got like this, you know, middle, uh, this brick wall or gate here as well. And those people who are just listening to this and not seeing the video, basically we're looking at photographs that are converted to a virtual environment and just how accurate they look and how they actually make you feel. It's a very three-dimensional model, much like you would see in architectural renderings and, and, and things like that. And we'll ask you to please go to the show page wherever you access this episode and we'll have a link to what this looks like. Hoyen, are there any other examples that you can share or anything you would like to add before we move away from this portion? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, so a lot of the universities that we're talking with, they are doing, they're doing several things. Like some of them are creating online programs, like strictly online programs. Some of them are doing like part-time, like I'm sure you guys know, like part-time MBAs and stuff like that, which, which the participants are more distributed. They're not always at the same campus all the time. So 
a lot of them have started to introduce this because they want their students to really feel like they're they're there they're they're actually there and i think campuses from what they've told me is so important to them like of course right they spent so much money building it um they need to give that um they want to share that with with their students and so this has been very effective for them to to feel that um we've also had another large ivy league university that uses us and they will have buildings for their alumni networking where the buildings are the actual building names that they take classes in and when the, when the alumni come in they're like oh i remember this building that i went there and that drives donations because mm, they're able to remember great. back oh yeah i remember taking that certain class there you know so so it, it drives donations that way too as well that's interesting. Is and and just before we kind of move on, it just generated an idea because I mean, a lot of schools will spend a lot of money on their marketing campaigns for capital campaigns. So you know what, I'm getting ready to raise two hundred fifty million dollars, and we're going to have these three buildings on campus that that are going to be part of that. Imagine if we did a virtual event where we actually hosted the event in this yet to be built building. That you know, we have these tables, and we have all yeah. of our donors who can mingle with each other and talk with each each other. That seems like a great use case to me. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Hoian, as we end the episode, we'd like to give you an opportunity to either A, share a final thought or something that we did not touch on that you feel would be important, or if there is a piece of advice or something that you could offer around online events that would be beneficial to our audience. Yeah. Um, I think... When you think about online, we all um, can begin to think a little bit more open-minded, to think that and it, it's, it's really actually an experience, just like how you would design a campus tour or you do an alumni luncheon, right? You would not take your alumni to McDonald's. You would take them to a place nice where you would give them a good experience. And... Zoom and Microsoft Teams are great, but they were designed specifically for productivity office meetings, not for an experience. And so when people ask me what's the difference, and, and that's how I say it, it's, it's, we need to kind of think about how can we create a better experience because that better experience drives engagement. And at the end of the day, engagement is what drives everything else. It drives donations. It drives um, student participation. It drives enrollment. And it drives qualified candidates because they learn more. They understand. They can talk to people. And there's different ways to do that. One is creating immersive environments like like what I just uh, showed, these incredible environments where people can immerse themselves. And second is creating... When we talk about interaction, right now, a lot of people say, oh, we'll have chat or we'll do polling. That shows engagement. And I said, yes, that's great. Um, but you can do more than that. And the more than that is doing a workshop, doing a breakout where people break out into different tables to then do a task together. And that takes a little bit more thinking. And, and I think it works well for higher ed because that's what, you know, higher ed is like, higher, you know, education is how do we craft great learning experiences so people can understand and work together. And if you apply that to the events, um, that is where you get a lot of engagement. So breakout sessions um, where 
people have tasks to do and you go into each of those tables, drive up engagement through the roof. And, and that is, that's basically the, my best tip that I can give today. Thank you very much. And I think we've done as good a job as we can to describe and also give examples of how impressive this platform is. But A, I encourage everyone to go and investigate Remo. Hoian, if someone wanted to reach you and look up Remo, what would be the best way for them to achieve that? So they can go to our website, remo.co. Um, and also you can um, come reach me personally on my LinkedIn um, and I can share my LinkedIn with you guys. Very good. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you for letting our constituents know about this wonderful resource. Bart, what are your final thoughts before we end our episode today? Well, thanks so much for, for being on the show today. And one of the couple things that I wanted to just point out was we keep going back to this idea of we're all humans and uh, we, we thrive. I mean, we've all experienced the fact that, okay, we've lived through a pandemic. We took for granted a lot of things that we have with our relationships, with who we are, how we experience the world together. And I think that one of the things that we all yearned for and longed for was this idea of getting back to, you know, air quote, what's normal. And the idea that, you know, even with the idea, with these virtual platforms, I really liked um, Hoyan's comment about the fact that Zoom and Teams are kind of created for productivity. But I think that we need more than that when we're talking about really kind of having shared experiences. And I really like that this solution is out there. The idea that we can create shared experiences while, while a lot of people are eager to get back out to, you know, in-person conferences, you know, different ways of events and things, there's going to be a certain percentage of people that are still a little bit hesitant. And even going into the future, I think people are going to be they're going to realize that they they have their own preferences, whether it's their personality, whether it's just health issues, whatever it might be, we're going to need to be able to basically um, accommodate different types of personalities, different way people want to engage. And, and, and I really like that this is a, a, one of the elements in your tool belt. We often talk about what are all the tools that higher ed marketers can have when they're looking at, you know, Comflow, when they're looking at ways to engage with people, when they're looking at events, this is just another tool and, and how you use that tool. I mean, you're not going to use a hammer to try to, you know, screw a, a, a screw in, you're going to use a screwdriver. But this is an idea that when you have this need, let's turn to this part of our tool and, and those are out there. And I really like the idea of really being able to use this and really improving the humanization of things and really being able to improve that shared experience. Bart, thank you very much for that wonderful thought and to bringing our episode to a close. This episode has been majorly sponsored by Zemi, where students share stories and connect in exclusive college communities. It's also supported by Kaler Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and by Think Patented, a marketing execution company combining print and technology for better engagement. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time. <laughs>